How's it going, everybody? Real quick, just want to tell you guys, I was on 34 questions, hands down, an amazing experience. It was eye-opening being able to talk about certain situations uh, in my life. So if you want to check that out, go on YouTube, Instagram, the Facebooks, all that 34 questions. It's going to be there. Catch you later. One. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Today, I have a very special guest. Roberto is in the building. How you doing, man? Right now, just chilling, enjoying my after work hours, you know, just relaxing. Nice, nice. Uh, you got off work recently, huh? It, it hasn't been that too long or? Yeah. So I think I think I literally just got off maybe like 16 minutes ago. Wow. So like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And not paying me this overtime at all either. Oh, yeah. No, I, I understand about that youth work. I mean, you do it from your heart and like you just hope that, you know, they they respect that but sometimes it's hard to to get what you're owed but you know really. they say game recognizes game some industries they don't they don't even recognize the game itself so true because every industry is a game uh it's a system you know we're all just trying to be parts of it unless you make your own lane which you know all the youngsters out there go ahead and try I'm go for, for it, it go for it um yeah, man. So for those unfamiliar with the show, we do a few intro questions to set the tone. I have a little icebreaker, which is a one word spelling bee. Feel free to participate. Feel free to say no. It's all up to you. Um, and then we jump into the main dish of the of the episode where you choose a number between one and 34. Uh, and we roll it through the conversation that way. Sound good to you, Roberto? Let's go for show uh before we get started man just want to thank you again for coming on uh for the folks who don't know we're meeting each other for the first time right now so you know definitely appreciate the openness and the energy um uh, so thank you and yeah no problem yeah no problem it's I'm glad i could be here honestly for show for show uh, my first question for you, man, is how have you been you've been doing well you've been going through it how you been man Man, uh, it's it's one of those questions that could either have the simplest or the most complex. Uh, I guess to give a, a like a little bit of an in between for it, it's been highs and lows for the last couple of weeks. Highs and lows. Just so for those that don't know, I do youth work, so uh, we're planning like events in May. I have events to plan for over the summertime, possible in-person learning during the summertime. On top of that, uh, I go to school uh, part-time now uh, online, so it's like trying to get everything balanced and then a bunch of like extracurricular stuff that I do on the side. So my plate's full as of right now. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, doing, doing work with youth, uh, how has that been ch a challenge for you guys since, you know, and right now we're in that point where it's like, oh, we coming back for a little bit. I don't know if every district's like that. I don't know if uh, what the rules are, but how, how has it been challenging for you? So I would say the biggest thing when it comes to like youth work through distance learning is trying to be all the other forms of entertainment kids have. Mm -hmm. So I'm out here. I'm trying to produce quality stuff and trying to engage with students in a way that's like really impactful for their lives. And it's easy to do that in person because in reality, it's like when their parents really sign them up for like an after school program, they're, they're forced to be there for a while. <laughs> but like when, when you have the option of be, even going to your main classes, it's difficult because I'm fighting 
like I'm trying to do like, for example, right, I'm doing a 3D printing class, uh, getting the, you know, the ball rolling for that. And 3D printing may be persuasive to some students, but though some students may be one or two out of like 300 students. And it's like, I have to be TikTok. I have to be Instagram. I have to be like any form of social media, uh, YouTube to Disney Plus. I have to go against their Xboxes or PlayStation. So it's like, it's a huge fight, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not deterred because of the fight. I'm, you know, I'm as intentional as i was even when i was in person i got you yeah yeah that's that's a whole different like what you brought up is something i had thought about as far as in the very beginning when it just felt like damn these teachers have to learn to be influencers you know they have Mm -hmm. to be able to grab attention um and you know play on what kids are find important and for for them to keep their attention um so yeah i I can only imagine what, what it's been like and I had one friend who told me he was never comfortable in front of webcams until he was forced to do it, right? And now it's yep. like, whatever. <laughs> it's like, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like. Like, now I just got so used to it. Um, but for sure. Uh, yeah. My second question for you is, what would you like your descendants to know about you? Kind of explained it, uh, the premise of it to you right before you came on. And yeah, feel free if you need any more clarification. I would say so it's something I thought I think about on a regular basis you know when so like like when you when we brought when you brought it up to me originally like before this started I was like oh this is like a relatively easy question to ask because I'm always thinking about it like every decision I make has some influence whether as it could be as like minute or like as like huge of an impact on like future generations and I would say when it comes to my life what I want to be, I guess you can say, like, you know, the billboard sign of my life was that I was able to change what the past generations did and create a new lane for myself of humility and like real intentionality in people's lives. Like being as like as intentional as I can in helping someone change from who they were or like in a sense, like stop those generational like curses and like really propel them in a direction forward. Like that's as beneficial for them in their future generations as it could be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, this third question, I'm surprised you said it was an easy question, and I'm glad that there are other people who have thought about this before, because <laughs> uh, sometimes they're just like, oh man, I never, you know, but so no, this is exactly what this podcast is for, people like ourselves and people who want to start thinking about those things. Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing. Uh, this third question is, how would you like to be honored? If I was going to tell myself today I'm going to honor Roberto in some kind of act or way, what what would that look like? I guess, like, in a way, all right, to dive a little bit deeper, what do you mean by honor? Like, I think about it in the way of, like, um, it's like someone came on the other day and was like, uh, you know, maybe they could, people to honor me could write their favorite quote on a poster board and like Mm. plaster that on a wall and so you have this wall of quotes um 
and then and someone else was just like you know i want you to do something that would remind you of me you know kind of thing uh so i was like oh you know i would go to the field and you know play football or something um so yeah i know we don't know each other that well <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> so i would say if someone wanted to honor me if someone really wanted to i guess like do something that made them remind themselves of me i would say would be like the most important thing out of everything would be like really just serve like i want the concept of like serving another person to be like oh like for like let's say for example like when i have kids in the future like me being able to serve people was something that i got to do i understand that that is for me mentally like i understand it is some it is an opportunity it's not a responsibility it's an opportunity that i get to serve so i want someone to think of it being like if i'm able to serve someone else whatever that may look like maybe you know buying someone a meal buying someone a cup of coffee or like whatever it is like a small act like that could be like in a sense like oh you know for my kids my dad did that or you know grandpa or like my friend Berta was like that or like you know what i mean it something in that way where it's like it doesn't have to be like get a tattoo of my face on your forearm or like do the whole like 50 cent stevo thing like get it on your back <laughs> but it's yeah. like i want action to be associated to it okay for sure yeah. you ever heard of the uh the drive through miracle no it's when you you pay extra for the person behind you oh yeah <laughs> so then that yeah, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> i did yeah. that once and it, 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 it was like it was a good thing and it was an even greater thing because i got to bless a whole family once and then i got to bless just some some dude that was behind me once so it was like it just on my bank statement it looked like a huge negative but it was a great opportunity oh yeah man and you never know like that's what i like about it it's just so random you don't know the person behind you uh you know yeah. they could be very grateful or they could be very like you know uh they could take advantage of it i've had that experience both ways like um you know someone's very grateful but then i remember one time that happened and i drove off and then someone was all like you sucker you know like <laughs> oh, dang. And, I was, and i was like damn bro i should have never done that <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so i've had it both both ways when when it went it made me feel good and also made me feel kind of bad and i was like man that person didn't deserve it but <laughs> and you it's know, all good the cool part is even if they don't deserve it it's something that's like it's still a gift you know so it's one of those yeah. things it's it's like i said earlier it's an opportunity whether right. they see it as one or not right you're right i mean I, I could i could uh hold on to the fact that it was still like positive energy that i was trying to put out there you know <laughs> regardless hey, yeah. of how it's taken but, exactly um, yeah man so my fourth question the last question of the intro is how well do you know yourself and if it's hard to put into words you could just do a scale from one to ten i would say i would say i know myself pretty well like i spend a lot of time doing meditations doing like self analyzing seeing where i'm at in different stages of my life not just like the whole end of the year like what did i do this year it's like it's more like what did i do this week or what did i do this month um 
but I would I would say on a scale from one to ten, still trying to understand who I am because I'm obviously we, we're you know as we grow we're changing things that we liked in the past change things like that so it's like I would say I'm at maybe like a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's good, man. I mean, you always gotta give your space, uh, give yourself a little space, you know, to to know more about yourself. Uh, for me, I, I normally answer with the five, uh, I because I think, I think it's like that balance and things can change over time, so I can never really know for sure. Um, I tell people that at my highest of highs, I feel like I know myself the most. My lowest of lows, I feel like I don't know who the hell I am. Um, so. Yeah, that's where I I generally just sit in the middle for, for that question. Um, but cool. We are jumping into the icebreaker portion, which is the one word spelling bee. Uh, you down to participate or are you cool off it? <laughs> I, honestly, I, I'm going to try just for the comedic side of things. I'm 100% dyslexic. So if I put some eyes, you know, like mess them up or something like that, I'm cool. Like, but I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it just for comedy purposes. Right on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And don't feel bad. It's not like everybody I come on come on here like gets the word right. Um, I've had more people get it wrong than right. I'll tell you that. So you're not alone in that bunch. Uh, but the people who get it right, man, they're they're, they're juiced sometimes. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. So your word today is epilepsy. Oh man, I already feel like I'm gonna mess this up. You got two uh -oh. chances. So take your time. Oh, and you're lucky too, cause I got I got a keyboard that's hecka clicky, so you you would hear it if I started. Typing. <laughs> um, let's go with epilepsy. Man, I'm about to show like how bad I was at spelling. Public school messed me up, man. Hooked on phonics didn't help either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, is it? I feel like there's. All right, so it's E P. E L I P E S. Got one more chance. There was a. Ooh, there's two two letters. <laughs> well, no, you had two letters that you may have. You could switch with each other, and um, at, at the end, I, th I think you, yeah, at the end you just had a fix, but. Oh man! Everything else was fine. <laughs> I know I'll do it's it. not, I'll... not helpful. <laughs> I know it's like it was good, but like you missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to be supportive, but also realistic. <laughs> it's like I know you went for the three, but you also like built the bricks, or like you you shot a brick. So great job. Nice, nice try. <laughs> building public housing. <laughs> no. Um, oh man. Ah, I'm good. You know what? I, I I don't want to embarrass myself anymore after that one. But all right, all right, no worries. So you good? You good? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'll, I'll I'll take what I got. All right. It was E P I L E P S Y or yeah S Y S Y E P I L E P S Y. Yeah, it's a hard one, man. This is this is a new one. I had been using the word liaison. In all my episodes, and I don't, I don't know if you would have known that one, but um, since I had been using it so much, someone, my dad actually told me, he's all like, "You need to change that word up. It's like starting to get dry." I'm like, "All right, well, uh, use a medical term." <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, 
Not in those medical terms. Definitely harsh. Dude, uh, my sister's doing. Uh, she's in a pr nursing program right now. So if that's the case, I'm gonna start taking some words from her. <laughs> Yo, you I know? mean, you, yeah, yeah, you could. And uh, you ever want to just pull out a pop pop quiz spelling bee for anybody? Just be like, okay. I mean, it, it's kind of fun too, you know. Like depending on the the environment, I think it could be useful. It'd be useful for yeah. sure. Uh, all right, man. Main dish, main portion of the interview. Go ahead and choose a number between one and thirty-four. Oh man, I felt like I I felt like sixteen is where it's at. All right, this one's a relatively easy one. Um, you know Harry Potter? I'm familiar with Harry Potter. Sure, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Not I watch convincing. all the movies. Do I do I enjoy them? Nah. No. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the term Patronus? Uh, damn, I've heard of it. I don't. I don't. If you were asking me to define it, no go. Well, the reason I set it up this way is because the original question is, "What is your spirit animal?" Mm. And then someone told me on the show was like, "Yo, that's appropriating uh, indigenous people culture," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like now I feel bad about it. And <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, just switch it to the Harry Potter Patronus thing," which is basically an animal that comes out of their wand when they do magic so for you which animal would you relate yourself to oh actually yeah do, do that do one one first but i figured out a way <laughs> uh oh man which animal would i relate myself to you know if you're gonna have a animal character play your personality play you in a show what, what, what would that animal be Hmm. I would probably. I I think I would go with like something like a ram or something like that. Okay. Okay. For yeah. sure. Just because any... I know I'm hard-headed, but okay. I can also maneuver myself out of like difficult situations. Uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. A ram. Go with that. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, that's the first time. First time I heard someone, you know, claim the Ram. Uh, but all right. I mean, now now you kind of get the flow of the show. Go ahead, throw me another number. Ooh, let's go with twenty-five. What is your natural talent? Oh man, I think it was for sure talking. But like, what really became my natural talent was comedy like but like not being like you know stand-up comedian like in front of the stage like saying a bunch of jokes but it's like definitely like being able to speak to people getting to know people like super well and like being able to crack jokes uh or, like get people out of their stump like is definitely where it's at for me so you can like kind of read situations too right i feel like that's something with comedy is that you're able to like kind of be aware of what's going on and finding little pockets of humor <laughs> yeah so like sometimes i'm really good at it where it's like i i know like in a sense like what the people around me are interested in comedically speaking but like other times i'm like busting out some real dark humor to like a really light <laughs> and it's like to, but to me it's also as funny because it's like i put i say a funny joke but it puts people in an awkward situation and it's it's like 
Like, I know I should laugh, but I can't. And then I'm just the one in the background after saying the joke, the only person that's laughing at my own joke, even though it's like some people would walk back up to me later, go, yeah, that was actually funny. I just didn't want to do it because it was like an awkward situation. I got so, you. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I took a comedy class once in college. It's funny that once in, I took a class in college once, it's like that thing of like <laughs> setting yourself up like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I don't. But one of the things in that comedy class that was taught to me that's always stuck to me was comedy is either like the bitter truth or something so unexpected. You know, it's like something that just comes out of nowhere and, and you're just like, what? What's that? And then you kind of just laugh at it, right? Um, nah, I feel you, man. Any, anytime like I'm watching a show or a movie and something just comes out of left field, I'm just like, oh, I find that funny because I was not expecting that shit to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan says it best where it's like, I, he, like so many times people get upset at him because of the stuff he says. And he's like, or him and um, Bill Burr, they both say, said the same thing roughly where it's like you guys get so upset with what i say but it's like if i actually believe the stuff that's what you should be worrying about and it's like mm. it's you know it's one of those things where it's like you can either like as to your point it's like you can either really know something or you say something so absurd that it's like at some point it or in some way in like the comedy spectrum it's funny it's just one of those things that maybe few or selected people may understand and it's like it's it's a difficult craft but doing the craft is almost like i would say it's almost like interview it's trying to figure out the best you know flow that goes with the people that you're working with and just like trying to make sure it goes in that direction but yeah no yeah and I mean, you got to know your audience, right? If you're you're gonna do that as well, because the, the wrong audience is not gonna get any laughs. But <laughs> around the right people, then you know it'll be a good time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as far as dark humor goes, what's what's some examples of like in TV or oh. movies that that you like? Oh, like for dark humor or just in general? Because dark humor, I would say like. I love, I love Patrice O'Neill. He says some of like the raunchiest stuff, but it, it's like hands down, hella funny. Patrice uh, O'Neill. Yeah, Patrice O'Neill. All right, uh, yeah. yeah, he was a great man. One of my favorite bits, and like I remember this because I watched it. I think when I was in middle school or high school, where he was talking about how it's like if he ever went on a boating or on a boat, he would have like uh, I think like a white baby on a chain. So that way, like, they always find, for some reason, they never find, like, minorities. Like, if there's, like, a lost in, like, a search for, like, kids, it's, like, the minority ones end up becoming most of the issue. Like, they, they have issues trying to find them. But it's, like, the white kids, they always find them in, like, maybe about a day or two or something like that. Or, like, you know, whatever. And he's, like, man, if I ever got lost, like, I know I'd be lost. I would be gone forever. But, like, if I did want to bring something with me it would be like a white baby on a chain and i would have that like on my side at all times just so that way if i ever did they would find the white baby and just so happen to stumble upon me that so, is hilarious bro <laughs> no, dark wise yes but <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things it's like you know hey you're bringing light to a very dark situation and turning it into a comedic experience for people so, that's that, that's a skill yeah it's definitely a skill uh when 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 did you feel like you kind of discovered that for yourself oh i would say it had to be in high school um 
I think like I like when it came to comedy or just like being conversational. Let's uh let's start with a uh, comedy and then conversational. Oh. Comedy was exclusively because of the fact that like I was going through a really difficult time as a kid. Like my parents were going through a divorce and all that stuff and um by the way, I have no issues talking about all this stuff. I'm I'm good. But um yeah, so like my parents were going through it and a lot of it was going on during high school and I met a friend uh and it was kind of like one of those things where it's like we we were both relatively through the same situation like and uh, in a sense it's like we would just crack jokes all the time and just crack jokes to each other about each other like in a sense like literally just like it would be roasting each other or like quick wittedness or like things like that and it was like really just trying to craft it as a coping mechanism to the situation that I would have to return to at, at like 3 4 p.m. you know going back home so like it was it was definitely at that time that I loved comedy favorite comedy turned to it as an outlet and uh, my Netflix subscription at that time did not help at all because it was like all like that and YouTube messed me up it was watching Eddie Murphy's Delirious. I was watching like Dave, all of Dave Chappelle's work at that time, and like Bill Burr, uh, and like all these different, you know, comedians that I love so much. So it's like it was, it was that part, it was that time, and I, at that time, I really needed it to get through what I went through. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, as far as being a conversationalist, you know. Uh, I would say it would have to be around, it was definitely before that, but it was because of the same circumstances, you know, like, and you or your audience may know, it's like, when people go through childhood trauma, you always get this, like, phrase that's tossed at you, whether it's through trauma or like through other experiences, it's like, you get this idea that that kid is very matured for their age mm. Mm -hmm. so it's like because of that i was really mature for my age when i was younger and a lot of it was associated to me talking to adults so like i would talk to every adult that i saw when i was a kid being like elementary middle high school all that and like really like moving myself away from even the kids that I would be in the same grade with and like specifically talking to adults and just like conversing with them. And like, that really helped me develop this whole, like, like in a sense, like, you know, as we mentioned earlier, or as you mentioned earlier, it's like, we don't know each other, but it's like, you know, this is flowing. Like if we did, so it's like, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I had this when I was 12, I did the same thing I was, I'm doing with you now when I was at a younger age. And it was like definitely because of trauma got you got you yeah and as always man thank you for opening up uh, <laughs> go ahead and hit me with another number Ooh. all right uh let me see let me get let me get 34. okay um would you like to be famous like an internal dilemma i feel like if i were to what? say yes it would be it can go one of two ways it you know 
I guess fame and influence. And I'm 100% pulling this from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it in <laughs> it amplifies it amplifies who you are. So it's like depending on who you are, it like really magnifies that by like X. So it's it's a difficult thing because it's like I would love to be famous. I would love to be famous for having a huge heart, for being kind, being generous, all that. But it's like I don't think I would appreciate like the magnification that one has in that in in the limelight. It's like when you're famous, you're it's like you have no break. Every single day you have to be you and if you're not you, then you're playing some other character. And that's difficult when you think about it. Like most of these celebrities that we we you know we look at now or like we walk past like when we're checking out our groceries and the grocery aisle and it's like the tabloids that are right there it's always about either like something good or something bad that's happened in their lives and it's like you know similar to customer service it's like they everybody always remembers the bad like one mm -hmm. of my favorite artists kanye west it's like he's one he's one cat that like we all know the good stuff he's but we also know a bunch of the bad stuff he's done and like a bunch of the stuff that's gone on in his life and things like that. And it's, you know, you can grab any artist, uh, Taylor Swift. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything about those two right now, but, but it's like, you know, it's like, you can do the same thing about her or, you know, Tim McGraw or whatever. It's like, so I would love to, so that way I can show people in a sense what a genuine heart that has that is full of care for the community looks like but at the same time don't hold me as the example or don't hold me as in a sense like the icon of x y and z movement because it's like i guess if i could i would be famous with the stipulation that understand i will fail my audience at some point that's like how I will fail my sister at maybe picking her up from school one day, fail my mom at like taking out the trash or whatever. You know, it's like, understand I'm human and I'm flawed and that's the side to keep into consideration. So don't hold me to a higher standard because of my fame or whatever. But I wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, no, I feel you, man. Who wouldn't, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> It, it it just opens up a lot more doors you know doors that we have no idea exist you know getting to a certain level of fame um but you know someone had another guest of mine came on and dropped a line that that stuck out to me when you were answering and it was basically you know i'm not a role model i'm a real model and mm. i'm like i'm like okay yeah i feel that <laughs> i'm definitely gonna use that because i feel the same way you do man like if there was a celebrity that i kind of want to if match my fame with like as far as how they handle it could be like a you know a keanu reeves <laughs> or uh, <laughs> dave chappelle because like keanu reeves no one says bad about keanu reeves it's like yeah. oh uh and like dave chappelle too where you know he, he got a lot of like pushback and kind of a little bit of hate on him for for doing the whole like oh, you know, don't put my stuff out because that contract was whack. And I've seen a lot of people from the other side saying, like, yo, you signed that contract, man. Like, it's not their fault that you did or anything like that. So yeah. I was like, damn, I didn't know people, like, 
was supporting that other side I, I get it but you know for me as an artist too it's just like yo if I I wish I had known and yeah if I had the power and which he Dave does now that he could just be like no take it down or pay me and so I'm glad he got his money but yeah 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 he, but he's been quiet he pops out in and out gives us like you know uh nuggets of wisdom and and moves on and that's that's the kind of dude i would want to be if if i ever reached that kind of fame um, yeah but yeah i agree yeah. with that I, I would definitely go along the same lines like dave Chappelle's hands down it's like you know he's he, he's either gonna do or say something it's just a matter of when for him so you know i remember he was doing a COVID special and he was talking about like um i think it was like the whole the whole movement that's gone on like this whole thing that's going on with you know especially like in minority communities specifically the african-american one and people were asking him about his perspective on it and you know i i think one of the things he was saying was like definitely don't look for a celebrity's point of view but like i stayed quiet because of the whole thing because it was something that i recognized way before all you guys did now you guys you know it's it's one of those things where it's like you know to your point when he talks it's like and he's serious in a sense hopefully people can understand when he's joking about a situation or being serious about it it's like when he's serious it's really like a it's a great nugget of information that we can walk away with yeah man like you ever heard that phrase where like we have a problem if uh what's it called we take comedians more seriously than we do politicians Mm, Um, i've heard that yeah 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 it all, that sticks sticks to me too man because i definitely feel like i when i he, when a new dave Chappelle drops i'm going to it right away trying to hear what he's saying um and then hella reflecting about it wanting to talk about it with other people um, yeah. but when a politician says something i'm just like brushing it off like how do i know this is real how do i know this is true and yeah, yeah. that's a whole nother thing <laughs> but uh all right man Oh, did you have anything else to add before we move on? Nah, yeah, I'm good with that one. Go ahead and shoot another number. Let's go with... Let's go with eight. Eight. What does your personal heaven look like? Ooh. Like... Oh, man. That's... I feel like there's so many sides to that. It's like, what do you mean? Like, currently, like, right now, if, like... I had things or like expand on that yeah so the environment that you want would want to spend eternity in Mm. what would be there oh so I guess to be open about me a little bit more um, like I come from uh, like a Pentecostal Christian background okay like hands down if I were to spend eternity somewhere, it would be 100% like in the kingdom, chilling with my homie Jesus Christ. Love you, God. <laughs> We're not going to get copyrighted for that, right? We're not gonna no, no. That. I, don't think so. I don't think so, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody says it, man. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so like hands down, it would be like 100% in that situation. It's like, because in reality, like for me, I understand like, this position that we're in right now in earth it's like it's temporary you know whether or not you believe in god you understand that there's an aspect of like time ends for all of us at some point so because of that at that point focusing on one's eternity kind of you know we really don't give it the time of day so it's like because of that 
and where I'm at both mentally, spiritually, it's like 100% in the presence of God. Got no issue about that. That's it. Sign the check. We done with that. <laughs> For sure, man. Um, this might be uh, a little too deep, so let me know if you prefer not to answer. But was good. there ever was there ever a time where you may have felt like your faith wavered? You know? Or oh, like, yeah. Yeah, dude, that was the easiest question ever, man. Ben, ask okay. more questions like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So, like, uh, I grew up in Catholic school. Like, I grew up going to Catholic school. I'm Latin American. Like, my mom's from El Salvador. My dad's from Nicaragua. You know, shout out pupusas, nacatamales. You know, everything <laughs> else in between. So, um, so like, I grew up in that, like, in that way. We grew up Catholic. Um, that's just what we were and you know we just accepted it and I spent years going to Catholic school and like I had my biggest issue with my faith was associating my dad who was abusive to me my sisters and my mother to the father to God how mm-hmm. am I supposed to call one my father but the other one isn't really a father is you know he's 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 laying hands on the whole family so it's one of those issues that like i really struggled with internally and i became an atheist i dropped religion 100 and like it was one of those things that was easy but also difficult because i spent six years as an atheist thinking about everything thinking about you know, God and like really ultimately coming back, but as an agnostic person, I didn't want to admit God. I didn't want to admit Jesus Christ, like all that stuff. I was just like, no, like, you know, let me, let me look around. Let me see what happens. And like, you know, uh, in the Christian's point of view, this is a testimony. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) And like, and, um, you know, like I really struggled with that. I tried my hardest to disprove God, but it was one of those things where it's like I would look up an answer when it came to an atheistic point of view and like somehow some way God would like crumble that in the future. And like when I was a senior in high school, that's when I gave myself to, you know, Jesus. And like I still dropped the whole religious aspect of it because it's like I'm not, you know, the things I do now, I'm not doing because I have to do it, but as I mentioned earlier, it's like it's an opportunity for me to do it. I something I get to do. So because of that mind, you know, change, that flip of the switch, so to speak, it was one of those things that really helped me to be where I'm at now and understand, you know what, like, I may not have all the answers in the world. I may not have all the answers about God, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, whether or not I struggle with it, I'm, my faith is on firm foundation. It's on a firm rock and it's like, it's unmovable at this point. It's dope, man. Uh, uh, it's inspiring to hear hear that when people can can come back and you know have that faith. I uh, I don't consider myself religious. I'm more of a sp- spiritual person. Someone called me. <laughs> I was having a conversation about this a long time ago, and they they labeled me a self referencing theologian, which mm-hmm. was I take bits and pieces of everything and kind of create my own like way I thought um and it was like oh, yeah i mean it is kind of true about me uh i was i also catholic school k through eight uh out here in the city i don't know if you're familiar with uh saint finn bar out in glen park but that's where i went um maybe i went to oh so I, i've lived in like daily city my whole life so it's like i went to old ph 
Our Lady of Perpetual Hope. So I was probably that one fat asthmatic kid that had goggles for glasses playing basketball against that I was that dude point. in San Francisco, bro. Because I had, I had the goggles too. I remember going to away games and they clowning me hella hard, you know, calling me bug-eyed or whatever. Uh you know, I was like, damn, man, like people really clowning me on, on these goggles, but way better than our regular glasses, right? Like, those shits would break. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if you don't know, man, get you a pair of goggles and see how dope that is. It's like, you look crazy, but when you're on the court, bro, you're dropping dimes like no tomorrow. You know what, man? You just inspired me. I'm probably going to start rocking goggles as a fashion statement. It's bro, like, bring it, have bring it, it on. <laughs> maybe maybe uh i gotta figure that out but i'm with it i'm with it uh go ahead man throw me another number Mm, let's go with two two so this one's a little bit open-ended but Mm. if you could the question is how would you rank the things you love and that could be a lot of things but if i was going to give you a number like Let's say three things. How would you rank those three things and what are they? I would say it would have to be family. So like number one has to be family. Like putting my family first is definitely something like it was something I grew up with. Uh, you know, I, w- I really fended for my mom. I really fended for my sisters and all that. So it was it was it's definitely up there. One for sure. Two would be the the work that i do currently with the youth so um you know it's like understanding that my childhood experiences really showed me one thing that i really really needed in my life and that was a positive figure specifically like a positive male figure in my life so it's like understanding my position how i'm affecting the youth that i'm working with 100 percent um so it would have to, it would for sure be that. And for the third one, I would say, honestly, like for priorities, I would say it would have to be developing character, being humble enough mm. to like, to like really understand where I'm at fault or where my issue is at and then trying to change it for better. So for example, like I didn't have the best relationship with my little sister. If anything, there was a lot of animosity between the two of us. So it's like being in a position now where it's like, I'm able to be intentional about our relationship, really put her first. And more importantly, you know, like in a sense, it kind of ties in with the others. It's like, since she's younger than me, it was one of those things that I had to take care of her as we were kids. So it's, it, it kind of like, is that bow to the three? Um, yeah, it would definitely have to be those three. Now, I know for some people, like, especially in the Christian community, it would be like, God, the church, like all that stuff. That's on a category of its own. It's it's hands down, like in another set above those three. It's just when it comes to the three about me personally has to be that. I know God's going to always be first. I know the church is always going to be second. I know serving the community is always going to be third. So at that part, I know for a fact, it's just like those three things for myself. I got you. I got you. Uh, wanted to ask you what inspired you to get into well I guess you did talk about the youth work inspiration but let me flip that and ask what do you enjoy most about the youth work you know in reality it's it's just being there for kids it's as simple as that it's just being there for them 
because in some situations they either don't have someone there for them or they don't have someone there that cares enough about them they may have a figure there but that figure is not an impact in their life and my thing is i want to be both of those things i want to be involved in your life and i want to have an impact in your life to make sure you succeed as best as you can not just now not just those straight a's straight b's i'm gonna be real some of these kids straight c's but it's like i want to be able to help you get to a position where you can be in the future that is not just a, like you know beneficial for you but beneficial as i said earlier for your future generations for you know in the sense the future you yeah man so uh i mean i just enjoy listening to the passion about working with kids because you know that was one of my biggest regrets man um you know i, I had worked with gracie before at a different school site and mm -hmm. i I turned away, man. I chased the money, um, you know, switched jobs, and I, I had forgotten the reason why I was there in the first place. And, like, um, yeah, I wish I could have been around more, probably stayed longer. Uh, but, you know, you, we need more people like you in, in that in the system and in those roles. So I'm glad you're there. Um, Thank but you. For sure. I had one more question, but it was a fleeting question. Um, just a heads up, we have about 10, 15 minutes left in the podcast. Just want to say thank you again for, for sharing your personal stories, the openness, the energy. Uh, I'm, I hope you're having a good time. I know I am. So oh, yeah, this is great. It. Michelle, man. Michelle, I'm glad. Um, throw me another number. Ooh, all right, all right. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to you. You you choose a number. You you know okay. what the list is, so I'll 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 let you feed it and go the direction you want it to go. All right, yeah. Um, what's the best compliment you ever received? Oh, outside of my looks, outside of my <laughs> fit. Oh, man, that's such an issue. I've gotten perfection a few times, but wow. Damn, yeah, man, that's 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 high regard. Perfection? Oh shit! Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Definitely. I would say, <laughs> I would say, hands down, the best compliment that I've gotten was one of the kids that I work with, not at my job, but one that I work with in my youth ministry. And I know he says it jokingly, but or like he says it in a way that's jokingly, but I know it's sincere in his heart. It's like he calls me dad. I'm gonna yeah, be real. I'm 25. I'm, I'm 25. I just turned 25. This kid's like literally, I think he's like 15, 16. So like no way I could be his dad. Either that or I was working for that when I was really young. So yeah. <laughs> also this kid's also taller than me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's like he calls, he, he calls me his dad. And like I said, he says it in a way that's joking, but I know his life. I know his personal story. I know his testimony. I know what he's been through. And it's like, it's a huge thing because it's like, you know, some of us, we may have had the best dad. So you may understand where that comes from in a positive tone. And some of us had the worst dad. And you may not know what that looks like in a positive tone, but it's like, when you think about it in, in the things that you wanted in a father, it's like, I guess I'm fulfilling it for this kid. Uh, like I'm, I'm showing up. I'm there on time. I'm taking him to events. I'm spending time with him. You know, not just at those events, but taking him out to go eat, talking to him, asking him about how life is. You know, really being active 
in his life and it's like you know it's crazy that it's like i'm doing this out of a genuine heart but it's like the community that i serve has fatherless kids in it so it's like when you think about that it's like in some ways depending on the students i work with it's either a job or it's something you know like something i get paid for which i still don't consider it as a job per se but it's like you know the student that i work with it's like i'm doing what i think i needed as a kid he labels me or he gives me that label and you think about it and it's like you know i don't have kids but it's like in a sense i guess i am one and and that's like i'm doing what i think consider is the bare minimum so yeah. Yeah. you know for those who don't have the best father it's like i guess i'm doing the maximum <laughs> I mean, just being there, man. Uh, I th- I think that's super special, super special that th- that he calls you dad, man. And you know, even if he does say it jokingly, and like you said, we both know that's some 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 serious shit. Um, and that's like a memory he's gonna have of you for an entire life, you know? Is yeah. Cause I I don't know how long you've been working with the youth. Like, uh, I in total, I would say maybe about three years, like dedicated three years. Yo, man, like 10 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, remember that dude that was at, and we remember those, those figures that were like, did the extra stuff, you know, yeah. or, like tried to get to know us. Um, and you, not every teacher has that, you know, capacity or like the energy to be doing that for every student. But that's why it's so great that there's so many different people within the school environment that, you know, kids can relate to or talk to. Um but yeah no it, it's a trip definitely a trip uh the, the the highest like and that's also how you know like when they you've been accepted or uh you know been embraced by that kid or kids uh yeah i, I never got to be a dad but they called me stepdad for a little bit because there was already a guy that they another uh staff <laughs> member that they considered dad and i'm like oh you know it's cool i'll be stepdad <laughs> but uh yeah the one, no, one I get step that, <laughs> I get that. There's one guy at my job that's literally the exact same thing. They love this guy. And it's totally fine. I have no issue with it. You know, do I cry myself to sleep? Maybe. But, <laughs> you know, I, I understand where they're coming from. He's been there a whole lot longer. I've been I've been working at my job for like about a year or so. I'm a COVID hire. Relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two weeks before the pandemic. That's when I got in. Wow. That's crazy. I know. Um, yeah, no, and, and that's the thing with kids, right? Like the time you spend with them, that that relationship grows, especially if they see that you're there every day showing up. It's like for kids who don't have people who show up, that that's like the most important thing you can do is be consistent. Um, if they're looking for you, they know where to find you. You know, it's yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, man, it's, working with kids is, is amazing. Um, all right, one more number, and then we'll we'll reach the concluding portion. All right. Unless you want me to choose again, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You, you you ice this cupcake, bro. Go for it. All right, man. Uh, do you believe in magic? Uh, yes, it's called witchcraft in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I'm on like a mixed kind of thing with it, where it's like I definitely believe in it. Like it's it's there. Um, you know. Going off like biblical text, it's definitely there. Uh, you know, it's it's a difficult thing though. It's like I'm just scared of the unknown. You know, I don't mm. know how they do certain things. Like 
you know, when I was growing up, Chris Angel was like a huge thing. I don't know if he's still a huge thing or not. I think David Blaine came up and like took the spot or something like that. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, so it was it was great to see all that stuff. But um, yeah, like I would say for some of the things, yeah, for some of the stuff, nah. It's like, like I'm not I'm not hugely like if you show me a card trick right now, I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, dude, that was crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, no, you, you like did it in a way that like benefited you. And it's like, I get it, I get it. But if you were to like, you know, I don't know, shoot, like legitimately make yourself appear out of nowhere, then yeah, like I would be like, oh, dude, that's like, that's magic right there. You I know, got that's, you. Yeah. That's that yeah. Disneyland stuff that, I, you know, I know about. <laughs> Dude, appearing out of nowhere i mean that's that's gotta be some uh some god stuff right there that's some god magic Bro, man <laughs> that's what i'm saying because like if you think about it dog it's like it's like most of the time they end up like curbing it so that way it, it, it benefits them it's like you know choosing a number like out of a card deck or something like that like that's you know that's one thing but it's like you know if you told me to pick a card out of the deck that you had and then all of a sudden you know like you were to just throw up and like the card that you had like in your throw up was like that number that i chose then yeah 100 like i would be like oh my gosh bro like how did you do this i would be dumbfounded but like yeah you gotta do like you gotta go above and beyond to impress me and then and then i would be like in suspense and then immediately turn to like all right so i know you believe in satan right now and i'm gonna help you out with this so we're gonna do an exorcism right here right now you cool with this cool because regardless you getting baptized today dog yeah because it's too crazy man too crazy <laughs> yeah. i don't know what what deal you made to gain these powers but <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> the one that freaks me out is when they do the whole like the card appears in their pocket somewhere else. I'm like, bro, you didn't touch me. How did this happen? That's yeah. that's what makes me go, what? Like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I feel you, man. All right, yeah. so uh, we reach we reach the concluding portion of the podcast. I only have about three three four questions left for you, man. Um, once again, thank you, and yeah. This, this next question is actually coming from my previous guest. Uh, mm. I've been trying to find a way to connect my guests. So this one's from my previous guest. Shout out, Vince. Um, the question was, if someone told you you could have everything you dreamed of, but it came at the price of losing your talent, would you do it? I would say no. I don't think I would. Um... Because in a sense, I'm like I'm using my talent now to try to do what I'm dreaming of. So it's like, in a sense, it's kind of like the easy way out. And I'm like, no, I think I would be good. I think I would I would much rather keep my talent and like reach the people that I'm trying to reach. So that way, like in a sense, I have both. And like. You know, as I said earlier, bro, I'm a ram, dog. Like, I'm I'm out here hard headed, bro. I, I, if it's not working, I'm still I'm gonna go until it works, type thing. No doubt, so, man. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm totally fine without it. Like, no That's easy dope. way out for me. Yeah, yeah, you got that realization because you know it is tempting, you know, to to skip steps, but. It's not always that satisfying, you know, like that's that's the one if I thought for myself and I was like, OK, what if I did have everything I dreamed of, but I lost my talent? I, it would almost feel empty, 
you know and mm-hmm. almost feel like you know uh what what's next and if i suck at everything else because i don't have my talent anymore it's like i really can't do anything um but yeah i, I guess you could always learn stuff but i, I like the natural talents <laughs> you know it, it'll become like a life is vain type thing it's what like that? at that life. point like life life is vain like what's the point at that point you know mm. it's like there's i there i did it i helped people but it's like I didn't get the satisfaction of actually going through that process. You know, there's it, there's a satisfaction in the in the lows that we go through because when we get to those high points, it's it's great to look down from. No doubt. You uh you ever seen that show Good Place? Yeah, great show, funny. You watch the <laughs> you watch till the end the series. Nah. <laughs> No, uh, I have Well, spoiler alert, they get to the good place, but they have this whole <laughs> they they have this whole thing about what it means to be there and you know, how you deal with it, which was like pretty interesting. Um but yeah. My next question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions? Mm. I guess in the same sense that I guess in the same sense or like in the same way that like I've been leading and like if you were to like analyze our entire conversation, it's like there's a specific path that we're going on. I think it's somewhat obvious. So it's like I would definitely say what small thing can you do right now so that way a huge impact can be done in someone else's life in the future or something along the lines of that make a huge impact hmm all right for sure sorry i had to think about that i was, I was flip-flopping in my mind whether or not to answer this question for for myself so that that kind of like gives you a way to ask me a question too uh but yeah yeah i'm would you like to know know an answer? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if I was gonna relate this to the podcast, it'd be like, I think this small thing. I think this is a small thing that I can do for people that they'll they'll always have that they'll always be able to share down later down the line, or even just look back for themselves. You know, and just reflect and be like, yo, that's who I was at that point in my life, and those were things I took for granted, you know, growing up, you know, like I had this one high school friend who recorded like our last two weeks of senior year in high school mm-hmm. and he like cut it up all in a video. And now that's like one of the videos I, I go back to just to remember or show other people what I was like back then. And yeah, so doing this, like if I was going to relate to the podcast and outside of that, another small thing I could do is just make time make time for people yeah uh, you know it not that hard to give someone a call talk for a little while i'm, I'm talking to myself right now because i'm like mm. yo bro go call that person go go text that friend um so yeah doing those small things they add up uh so thank you for that question i think uh, no problem oh, this is a new tradition i'm going to start on the show where that last question i'll, I'll answer and yeah so that that's great i appreciate that uh, my last question for you, man, is what is the greatest lesson you've learned thus far? 
Ooh. Uh, knowing that I'm not always right. Being humble and admit that. And it's, you know, it's a simple one. But it's it's an easy one because it's like, I'm going to be wrong. I've done so much wrong. I've done a lot to hurt people. And I've been hurt myself. You know, that concept of hurt people hurt people. So it's like, it's it's reality for me. It's It's my life. And it's like one of those things that, you know, I struggled with. And like when you can admit that you're wrong, either in past experiences or in stuff that you literally did two minutes ago, it's like you're able to really one forgive yourself and have the opportunity to try to pursue forgiveness well and you know it's like it could be as something as like you know if you're married maybe you know you made yourself a cup of coffee but you didn't make you know your hubby or your boo thing a cup of coffee you know it's it's and you know and 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 it's not something that like i perceive as like something right or wrong but it's just something that it's like you know it could be something that's like how they perceive it. It's like, you know, so it's in a sense, it's, it's really just like admitting, you know what? I, 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 I don't know everything. I don't. And I don't want to go off of assumptions for the rest of my life. I don't want to go off of pride for the rest of my life. I don't want to go off of, you know, like what I think is right for the rest of my life. And, you know, when you go, th when you have that mentality, it's like you're really able to put other people first. And that's yeah. a game changer. You know, when we think of this, when we think of this world, when we think of where we're at right now, a lot of people are thinking this, what can I do to propel myself forward? But nobody's really thinking, what have I done wrong? Or what have I done? Or what do I not know? So that way I can not just propel myself forward, but pr propel myself with the people around me forward. In a sense, it's like group growth. And a lot of the time, it's like you're able to really develop a humble heart and just pursue knowledge, really understand where people are coming from, really be able to like, as I said earlier, like really be able to put other people ahead of yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%, man. I, just thinking about like you said you mentioned you were stubborn or hard-headed i get that all the time people tell, tell me i'm the same way uh and i can see how you know thinking i i don't want to admit it thinking that i'm always right but i also know that i don't ask for help enough i also don't um you know try to admit my faults and like oh i don't know this this is why it's not working and you know i need to go back to the drawing board or basically you know try to be more humble uh, just because you don't that that's one thing i want to say is like just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean you're you're humble you know <laughs> yeah you, you could be boasting yourself and be really prideful in your mind which is uh something i'm working on so thank you for sharing that man uh any last things to add or you you good i'm good yeah show uh just want to thank everybody out there who came through the show listened got to know us a little bit better uh thank you roberto again and yeah i, I still don't have a signature way to to end my podcast still figuring it out so 